listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've stepped back into the studio for episode 339. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, what you been getting into this week? Uh, this weekend, I got to see, um, I got to finish up this anime that uh, finished up last season. It's called um, Chillin' in My 30s After Being Kicked Out of the Demon Lord Army. Okay. So that one was pretty cool. That ended up being a pretty chill, like fantasy anime. That was pretty standard, but enjoyable. Um, but the story kind of ended up pretty, pretty deep at the end, which I thought was actually pretty cool. But um, and I also saw another movie about a murderous bear in the woods. Oh. And um, uh, I I saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> so that is another take on the uh, murderous bear in the woods. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, that yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I've just been playing a little bit of um, uh, Pathfinder, uh, um, uh, messing around with the with the lit class and having some fun with that build. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't seen anything else. Oh yeah, I also saw um, Avatar in preparation to see the new Avatar. So I gave Which the one, old the, uh, one a rewatch. The original uh, Avatar. Yeah, I gave Avatar one a rewatch in preparation for yeah, Avatar two. Okay. Okay. Did you get anything new out of watching Avatar again? Uh, not really. It was it was pretty much. Um, I mean, I'd seen Avatar a few times previously. You know, it's just it had been a while since I um since I uh, uh revisited. So I just wanted to refresh myself on some things. But more or less, it sort of left left me with the same same impressions as before. You know, okay. It's pretty it's decent I'm story I'm always overall. a little bit touch and go in movies that I haven't seen for uh, a decade or more. Because that is a significant enough time where I know that I'm looking at it with different eyes and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh boy, this could be a nostalgia killer because I could watch <laughs> this again. And if it does not live up to this, uh, up to the, the nostalgia, boy, oh boy, is there going to be some disappointment on the plate? So yeah, I kind of, I kind of shy away from it. I'm like, you know, what? I, I kind of just sit with my memories of it. You know <laughs> what I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah, Avatar is actually one of those because. Um, you know, it it was very awe-inspiring on the first, uh, on its release. But I'm, I don't know. Did you feel like it lived, it, it, it maintained over time? I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, I did fall asleep during several parts, you know, because I did start it late at night, so, and I just watched a follow-up recap afterwards. But, I, like, it, it didn't really, it, it's more or less it was, because the thing with me is, like, I generally don't rewatch things a lot because, like, once I've absorbed the story, like, I've zo- absorbed the story, you know? And this is, like, one of those things. Or I really just did it as, like, a, a, a familiarization with with, mm-hmm. with the series so that I wouldn't miss any steps in or any references for the new movie coming up. But generally, it doesn't—yeah, it didn't really have too much of a, a, a different— uh, impression than I, the first time I saw it went back in the day. Okay. Because there was, uh, uh, I find that especially with movies that are visually impressive, uh, sometimes 
it does it uh if the story isn't really bolstering it that's what really causes a, a, a i think a, a movie to stand up to the test of time mm-hmm. it's not just through good cinematography but the story is what gives it longevity yeah but um yeah and the story of avatar is very iterative mm-hmm. it's not a new storyline but it was very visually striking and so i'm like hmm Upon revisiting this, is it going to still hold the same weight? <laughs> we shall see. But I'm going to rewatch it as well because I do, I do want to watch Avatar too. Um, the reviews are super mixed, um, but yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see what's going on. Is it very going at least going to be worth the uh, the visual spectacle that they're going to present to you, right? Uh, I mean, it's James, it's, it's James Cameron. You know, what I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, cinematography wise, that's one thing you can't doing. hit him for. The man's so, cinematography is on point. Yeah, so, it, you know what I'm saying? It's more or less, I expect a lot of what I got in the previous one, but with uh, uh, 2023 flair. Yeah, some of the things I had spoiled for me, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, I don't know anything beyond the basic synopsis of it. Okay, so yeah, they, you know, yeah, it's, I, I think that based on the basic synopsis, I was actually more intrigued, but then the spoilers uh, kind of threw me off. It was one of those things where it's like, ah, I should have just stayed away. I should have just stayed away. That was my Got bad. Him. That was my bad. That was my bad. I should have never looked at that. That's funny. But yeah, okay. That's what's up. So so uh, let's jump into your dalliances with uh, Winnie the Pooh's darker side. Oh, man. That movie was... um uh. uh my first impression of that movie was just like, yo, I understand why Disney is, has such a chokehold on their copyright, bro. Like, not understand. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Not understand, like, okay, I, I commiserate with them, and that's what I would do. But understand is, is like, this is what they're trying to prevent. I no. see why they're fighting so hard now. You know, you ever see, like, somebody, <laughs> like, they're fighting really hard for something, and you just can't figure out, like, no, nah, I think it's for the money, bro. I think it's for the money. And then you see this shit, and you're just like... Yeah, okay. yeah. If, if they didn't make you like this, I'd be fully hurt. If I didn't. Well, no, you know what it is you. is that you got to understand. Disney started out with adult comics. You know what I mean. So when they started making kid stuff, they knew what artists would do with the images that they created because <laughs> it's what they would have done with the images they created. So they were like, Nah, B. Don't be using none of our images. None of it because we know what you fitting to do with all of that shit. We know y'all artists. We have a whole stable of y'all niggas. And y'all you weird. feel me? Like, we seen the shit y'all be slipping in the fucking, in the tiny frames and shit. We know you motherfuckers. So mm-hmm. imagine if we gave free reign to you. No, absolutely no, not. do not. Nope, don't make nothing with our shit. But um, we don't approve. But Winnie the Pooh, more or less, it follows the same, uh, 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 I guess it follows the same story as, as you would, as you would typically know of Winnie the Pooh. Um, so it opens with like this kind of this pretty dope animation that reminds me a lot of like Coraline, like it, it has like that sort of like creepy style to it, and it basically explains that you know Christopher Robin he met these four animals question mark in the woods and can can i put it out there that the story of winnie the pooh is creepy enough just on description <laughs> like facts. the only thing that made Absolute winnie the facts. pooh child for children was the imagery mm-hmm. the story itself was creepy it's it, some new artist was like yo if we make these characters cute money we, we can sell a boatload of this shit it's like it, it, it even as a kid i realized that christopher robin was traumatized and that those <laughs> those 
those stuffed animals were projections of his emotions. Yeah, they're imaginary friends, man. Absolutely. Yeah, they're projections of of his emotions. They're you know. So um. He uh, uh he meets these question mark animals in the forest, and they uh he hits it off. You know what I'm saying? And everything's all to the gravy. But then at some point, Christopher Robin's got to grow up and go to college, and he's like, "All right, guys, uh, I'm gonna head out." You know what I'm saying? Like it's been great, but you know what I'm saying? I got I got to be an adult and I got to do real world shit. So he but hold on, heads B, off to college. Your basement is the chill spot. What you mean you going to college? <laughs> nah, nah. He was out in the forest with us. You know what I mean? He was out there visiting this shit. But um. You're the beer connect, nigga. What you mean? <laughs> this is the first part in the movie where it's just like, uh, but why'd that happen, though? And then it was like, nah, shut up, nigga. Just roll with it. So <laughs> he leaves and goes to college, and then that year they had a particularly bad winter, and they couldn't hunt for food. Again, why do these question mark animals need assistance hunting for food? Who knows? But um, They've been around humans too long. They got lazy, bro. I guess. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, they decided that the only way to settle this is to eat Eeyore. And when they ate Damn, Eeyore... Damn, they ate my man straight when, out? When they ate Eeyore, bro, they ate him in the opening animation of the movie, said Eeyore didn't even make it to screen, my nigga. Damn, they were like, this movie's gonna be depressing enough without <laughs> your ass, bro. So, and after they ate Eeyore, they got a taste for flesh. So, mm. they started, like, murdering people in the woods and shit and kidnapping motherfuckers or whatever, whatever. I mean, that just so, follows. That's the, um, again, you know what I mean? Why would that happen? Shut up, nigga. Just go with it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, all right, all right, I guess. And then, it actually, oh, the movie actually opens with this nigga, Christopher Robert. He's getting married, and he was like, all right, baby. You know what I'm saying? I don't want there to be no secrets between us. So I want you to meet my imaginary friends that I've been hanging out with in the forest when I was a little kid. And she was just like, Bitch ain't imaginary. <laughs> She's like, Yo, I do appreciate her skepticism. <laughs> I appreciate her skepticism. Wait, he did well that after the her... marriage? No, before. Oh, while okay, she was okay, still okay, the fiance. Okay, okay, you know okay, what I okay. mean? Okay. I'm about to say, bro, that's fucked up. Yeah, after he's like, the I don't want no secrets from Tina. So right, before now that we get you married, locked in and you a captive <laughs> audience, come witness my crazy. He's like, before we get to that point, I want you to make an informed decision about how nuts I am, so you can run or decide to stay. And so, you know, she's ride or die. So she follows this goofy ass nigga out into the woods, um, and then that's when they find out in the worst way possible that Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are now murderous. Again, question mark animals. They're like half human. They're like humanoids with like fucking uh, a deformed Winnie the Pooh head and a deformed deformed pig head. So, I you know I don't really know what the fuck to call them. I uh, I think you call them shut up and go. Away. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much so much of this movie. And then um I do kind of like how um well I, I'll start with the positives right. Um, I really, really like some of their cinematography. A lot of this movie takes place at night. Okay. And there's some really, really beautifully lit scenes and beautifully shot scenes. Listen, if you can make night shots visually striking and not just fucking appreciate dark blotches. It. Yes. Yes, yeah. sir. I, I think that is, that, that, is, that is difficult to do. And the movie ends with, like, this cool set piece with, like, an exploding car. And um, even before the car exploded, they did some really cool shit with, like, the headlights of the car and... Just like that whole scene was like, just looked really, really good. They did some awesome shit with um, the, like the Winnie the Pooh silhouette walking behind. So you know, what I mean? their, their cinematographer was working their ass off despite See, I have the script. I'm feeling that the the creepy Winnie the Pooh and the creepy piglet is definitely gonna fuck with me. <laughs> I have a feeling that's gonna fuck with me. That's fair. There's some weird ass moments where he's like eating honey. 
And so it's sort of like this weird plastic mask, and he's just like slobbing the honey on its lips, and it's like dripping off his face, and you're just like, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty creepy, bro. Hey, I, I love it when they chill over there. When they're like, you know what, this looks terrible. Run with, <laughs> Roll it. with it. Yeah, more Run of that. With it. More of that. <laughs> so, um, so basically, instantly in the in the opening scene, both Christopher Robin and his girl gets yoked up by Pooh and and Piglet. Damn, and nigga, this is the, all in the opening. They, they all in the opening up, scene, they get fucking, they have their own moment where he was like, oh, let's go meet my friends. And he was like, hey, what's going on? Why are they acting so weird? Oh, God, run, run. And you know what I'm saying? It was it, done so. So the actual, the rest of the movie is about like these group of, uh, the movie takes place in Europe someplace. I don't, I don't really know. I don't remember if they specified it or not, but everyone had British, varying British accents. Um, and it's about, like, these four girls who are not four. I think there was, like, six or seven of them. And they all go to this, like, vacation retreat area off in the secluded woods to kind of all blow off some steam for various reasons for women in the group. And then they all just start getting killed one by one with the, um, by, by Winnie the Pooh and shit. But, again, more, more like, like... Yeah, Christopher Robin's um, fiance doesn't make it out. Fuck no, my nigga. What? Like you find out in the, uh, like, that's why you gotta watch who you fuck with, you, bro. Yeah. You end up fucking yeah. with a nigga who got imaginary friends, and then you don't the motherfucking play. Yeah, you think like they make it seem in the beginning that he makes it out, but like halfway through, you find you see him getting tied up in Pooh's basement, and he's getting whipped by his um ex's uh, ponytail, by his fiance's ponytail and shit, and then Pooh just like. Throws her half-eaten skeleton in front of him to traumatize him more, and walks away and shit. It's, it's, it's a pretty ridiculous movie. <laughs> it sounds absurd. It, you know what I mean? But I, I feel like it could have been a little bit better if they sort of leaned into the absurdity a little bit more. But it just yeah, sort of felt a little bit more like fuck you know it, mean? go in, I go like in, nigga. If, if you, you know, like how Black Dynamite has just the right amount of absurd. You know that entire yeah. scene. With them figuring out like, like anaconda malt liquor, that's just that's the height of fucking it absurdity. Is, very much so, you know. But it but it works within the context of the show. But this thing, this show, it has a lot of really absurd things happening. But they try to ground it, and they just don't clash. They don't they don't really mesh properly. And there's just sections of it where you're like, I don't really know if I should be like terrified or laughing at, at or point, confused at this point because people have been so desensitized to the horror genre <clears throat> it's a really delicate balance to play between the general camp of horror just as a genre mm -hmm. and then you know the realism to try to keep someone scared you know yeah. what i mean like the camp versus the horror is really hard to balance these days because with this audience, you know what I mean? If this yeah. was the audience from 40 yeah. years ago, Cause, it would be bussing. Yeah, you know but we've mean? seen it all. This audience, like, we've seen so much. You know, we've we've gone from Saw and um, Hostel and Back, you know, yeah, all yeah, the way. Yeah, Human Centipede. You know what I mean? All Sharknado, the way to. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we've seen the extremes. We've been too many, on too many extremes. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's really hard to balance, but. At the very least, I will say that... And it's only hard to balance um, because of the, the audience is shifting, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, tastes, you know. Because generally, I'm sure that if you're a mindful director, you can get the balance right, you know what I mean? But people, yeah. <laughs> you know, people. It's like the audience is ever-changing and ever-learning, and you know what I'm saying? They're constantly being exposed to different things, so... it's it's kind of, if you, It's one of those things where if you don't think you got a really solid story, it's kind of hard to... Really, well, the, and that's the dense. thing is, is I think, and, and, and I think that's part of the metric. Is like, 
the weaker your story, the more you lean into the camp. Yep. The stronger Facts. your story, the more you can lean into the horror. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the the pendulum swing that you're trying to catch right? at the right, like, right point. Like the first um, paranormal act- activity. Is that what that was? Yeah, paranormal activity. Mm. That The first two paranormal activities, like those two movies were lit, bro. Like, I remember th- that first one, I was just like, yo, <laughs> I would burn this fucking house down. You kidding me? Insurance. <laughs> Fuck that, bro. After I reviewed them cameras after, like, the first or second night, I was like, yo, you can stay in this house if you want to, but I'm out this bitch. Yeah, sometimes people are just, like, a little bit too much, like, you got to have lines. You know what I mean? Like, no, this bitch is haunted. I seen some shit I can't explain and that no one else can explain. I'm leaving... And you should come with me. Yeah, like stop it. You know, but no. Nope. Yeah, but what's really funny is like the spouse is always no matter how fucking well the person who saw this and explained it, the spouse is always like, You're stressed, you know. I think if you just take a little bit of time and relax, we could you everything will be okay. Just just come on, just relax. Just go upstairs, have a tea, have some tea, just relax, get you some get some rest, you know, it'll be all unless, okay. unless you unless that tea has promethazine in it, my really? mind's not changing. For yeah, like, yeah, I mean, unless you're finna drug my ass, I'm gonna, I wanna, like, relax and feel like, okay, now I can figure out a plan to get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you? Facts, bro. Facts. But I, I'm always mad at the, the, the spouses in, in horror movies for that shit, where they're always, they're, they're sort of complicit with whatever is usually haunting the, the house. Well, that's the thing about being a victim, is it's like 50% of it is with things that you did that led you into this point in time, bro. <laughs> Like, that's now I'm my worst enemy now. The rest of it goes on the person or whatever victimized you, for sure. But half of it is whatever you did to put yourself here or now because you had agency up until that point. <laughs> and um, most of the most of the characters in this movie had some agency, but a lot of them were pretty goofy. Like a lot of the the a lot of the kills were uh, nah. Some of the kills were pretty goofy, bro. Pretty goofy. <laughs> like there was this one time when um. They were running away from Piglet. See, that's what I'm worried about. I'm like, yeah, I just think of Piglet, geez. If I see this thing kill somebody, it's going to ruin something in me, bro. They were running away from Piglet, and they ran into this big-ass indoor pool. And somehow they get get spooked, and one of them fall into the water, and they get separated from each other. And Mm -hmm. um, the one outside the water gets knocked down, and when the one inside the water sees the... Piglet going for the coup de gras and the one outside, she gets his attention. And so Piglet first, he tries to like whip her with it with his um he's got some he's got some chains on him. He's Jesus got some long ass chains on him, you know what I'm saying? For what, what? every time motherfuckers up. So I, I, I can't <laughs> yo, I'm trying to imagine the scene and it's like, yo, it's it's so weird. Like I understand all the words you're saying. And I and I'm having I'm struggling to make the image in my mind. Oh, like, don't because... worry. If you watch it, you'll have that exact same feeling. You're like, yo, I, I we see it, recognize everything that's happening, but I just can't make sense of any of it. That's just, hey man, it's, I guess it's worth a watch for that at very least. It's if you if you go in with the right context. Like I had to stop and. So I reorient reorient yourself. Yeah, like 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 um uh, uh, full disclosure. I I watched that movie in two separate viewings. Like I, I first I saw the first opening movie. I saw the opening 
scene and shit up until the first kill. Then I was like, oh, it's one of these bullshit slasher films where like this, they, they're just like killing women all the time. All right. I was like, man, I really want to watch this shit. But then, like, I, uh, I think I saw um, a review or something online that sort of recontextualized it as, like, <laughs> I don't want to say a bad joke, but um, I, 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 they sort of just gave me a different perspective. And I was like, all right, so I guess I just have to be in the mind space and realize that I might be throwing away an hour of my, of my life. So, all right, cool. And then when I went back into it, a lot of the goofy shit that happened was a lot more easy to excuse. Like, I was still, you know, talking out loud at the screen, but... You know, it wasn't like, all right, I'm done. Like, it was the first time when I saw the first kill. Like, that was... First kill was a little ridiculous. See, yeah. and just to contrast someone... So, mm -hmm. I'll spoil this a little bit. Um, uh, So, the first kill happens where the lady gets shoved into the... um, You know, the wood chipper shit that you throw uh, in wood and it spits out yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. end? Um, So, I was just like, yeah, but I, I didn't really fuck with it. And I just remember, I don't know if you've ever seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, someone dies in a wood chipper in that movie. Completely different vibe, you know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. another movie where it's like it's absolutely absurd, but it completely works within the context of the movie. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if these guys had just hit the vein right on film, and you know, the, the I, movie could have been a lot better. I think they also might have <laughs> been a victim of um. Sometimes you have you got to establish the expectation. Facts. Because. But based on the, the the fact that once you reoriented yourself, the uh, the movie landed a little bit better. Yeah, makes me feel like you know, because especially in that the way you describe the scenes is still hard to visualize. It's like oh, they just couldn't. It was almost impossible to prepare the viewer for what they were <laughs> about to put in front of them, and so you, unless you were just completely open and had zero. You know, expectation, a completely blank slate, which is difficult to do going into a movie. You weren't going to be, you know, you you might have found this jarring, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's what happens when you're doing, because I feel like this is some avant-garde shit, you know what I mean? Like, this is definitely, like, pushing boundaries. It like, is, absolutely. They were like, yo, I have an idea. This is, like, an idea. This is not, like, an established <laughs> thing that we're going to play off no, this is just an idea I got. Y'all yeah. fitting to ride with me or what? It is. But th then again, I, I fuck with wild swings like that because I really, really like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter for that reason. Because I was just like, mm. for the same reason why I also like Cocaine Bear. Because I, I really like fun, wild, crazy movies. That's one of the reasons why, you know, that's part of the, the, the aspect of movies that really appealed to me. It's not only the spectacle, but also like... That the 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 successfully nailing the absurdism of certain things, especially when they're like parables or mirrors of real life in some way, you know mm. what I'm saying? Okay. But this one, it didn't it didn't really hit, hit like that. Like Tucker and Dave vs. Evil, that was great because that was that, that that's like the one punch man of horror movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, it had it's, a that had a message. It's absolutely poking fun of the actual horror movie genre and the way they did everything was just organic and very funny. If you haven't seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, it's fucking hilarious. You know, Alan Tudyk is he's, he's hilarious. It's good and stuff. um but you know, I, I I would say if you if you got some time to kill and you're in and if you're like a little bit drunk or something, you know what I'm saying, or 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 something. I don't. I would not necessarily recommend watching this movie sober. You know what I'm saying. But I would definitely like. Oh, this is definitely a movie to just kill some time with if you're if you know what you're getting into. Because I feel like I don't know for me. Like the first time I started watching it, I was like, uh, this is too much. 
too much. And then I continued watching the exact same movie, and it continued to ramp up, and I was just like, ah, yeah, it's 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 not too much anymore. It's sort of the right amount of too much. Okay. So would you say it was better? I don't even know what to compare it to. Would you say it's better or worse than Megan? Oh, I would say Megan is better for a lot of reasons. Okay. You know, I'd say, like, I would say the th- the the thing that Megan has over this one is Megan had a very clear vision, and they stuck yeah. to it and nailed that vision quite well. Yes, and the visuals in Megan were really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one, they had a vision, but somewhere along the line, it's like they, they it's like they didn't do enough, man, or maybe didn't they didn't do the right amount of t- they didn't do the right amount of uh, of too much. I don't know. It's it's. It, maybe you you might be able it was to missing something. I don't it, know it what it was. Absolutely, it was missing absolutely. a little je ne sais quoi. I the, the I would say the movie is like hovering between a five and a half and a six and a half for me. Oh but wow! It's like, okay. That's watchable. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like watchable, but don't expect anything great. It's, that's why I said it, you'll enjoy it more if you're a little bit inebriated for show. Okay. So what what, what is the, the actual name of it? Uh, that's I believe that's it. Winnie the Pooh, uh, Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey. Check. Blood and honey. All right, I, I like yeah. the, I like the name. I we, do like the name. <laughs> Blood and honey, but yeah, it's a. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Do you, you know, know how disgustingly thick blood and honey would be? Oh yeah, that sounds really gross. Like, That'd be like impossible to clean out of anything. Oh, can you imagine trying to swallow <laughs> that? <laughs> no. This nigga Winnie the Pooh is a savage, bro. He is. He's a savage. And then the the yeah the last thing I saw was um chilling in my thirties after getting kicked out of the Demon Lord Army, which was a pretty mm-hmm. fun uh, fantasy anime. That one is it's kind of straightforward, like it sounds. Like my man's is like um actually the title is pretty straightforward, but as it goes along, there's a lot of depth to it that gets added along the surface of like the the joke that they sort of continuously uh, um go with. So it ended up being pretty good. Like, so it's essentially this guy named Daryl. Um, it opens with him being fired from um, one of the four kings, one of the, de- you know, the demon lords, four uh, lieutenants. Um, he works directly as, like, the chief operations officer for the for the fire one by the name of Bash Barza. The most fucking hard ridiculous name. fantasy names. So my man's kids. I, I love those names. <laughs> like if I if I was a real asshole, my kids, man. Oh man, oh, Bash man. Barza. Like yo, that is that is a lot, bro. But, Stormregard. Um, <laughs> like what the fuck? You named your kid Stormregard? Yeah, yeah, nigga. Fuck why? yeah. What you mean? That shit he's, is hard as fuck. He's about to conquer some shit. Nigga, what, bro? Or storm some shit or something. Yo, the playground. Yo, watch. He's gonna rule that shit. In about Kidding me? Two Always at the weeks. top of the slide. Just Facts. sitting at the top of the slide. Facts, nobody bro. sliding, bro. Not joking. <laughs> Asshole kids. Sir, can you get your child? He has all the other kids in a in a headlock every day. Yeah, all of good. Them. Multiple children. <laughs> tell them to tell them to wipe the grease off their faces. They have to game up. Damn, greasy face kids. But um. So right up in episode one, my man's get kicked kicked out of the Demon Lord position, and he's just like because you find out that he can't use magic, right? So he's heavily looked down for that. Looked but down I got upon here for that, though, dog. Right, and because he can't use magic, he overly devotes himself. So he's like, he's literally the 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 man that holds everything together because he's. Um, he's very knowledgeable about all the departments. He keeps a good rapport with everyone, and he just always makes sure that everything runs smoothly and everybody had 
a fucking ton of respect for him. He got time because he ain't reading them dusty ass tomes. Exactly, because you know all the time he would have been dedicated to studying magic. He dedicated it to supporting the Demon Lord Army, Being trying a real to make nigga. It the best it could be. But this nigga nah, Bash nah. Barza, my man's was hating, bro. He he's another member of the Time Haters Club, bro. Absolutely. Damn, hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? He's another VIP member of the Player Haters Ball. So you find out that I mean, I appreciate you and I hate you. The thing that I really like about this series is in the beginning, you, it appears to be just like, oh, this thing is a hater, bro. Like, any, like after Daryl gets kicked out of the army, the army slowly starts, like, faltering. They slowly starts fucking up, you know, motherfucker starts quitting. And then everybody was like, yo, why don't you bring Daryl back? He's like, yo, fuck that nigga Daryl. I'm sick and tired of everybody bringing that nigga's name up. Anybody every say Daryl, I'll mark you. Feel me? That's literally his energy every time that nigga's name comes up. And he's not really trying to solve any of the problems legitimately. Sir, you sound kind of hurt. <coughs> Sir, you sound a little bit hurt. Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> like, nigga, you don't Correct. sound Correct. Correct. You come to find out um, him and Dariel are adopted brothers, right? And the reason why this nigga Dariel, the reason why he's so hurt is because he, his dad devoted a fuck ton of extra time to Dariel as soon as he approached him in the picture. So Dariel, you find out, isn't actually a demon, but he's actually the son of the former hero. Ah, man, the former hero, they, they did Monica dirty, son. They did him dirty. Like they, all heroes they, um, they, they broke into his house, murked his family, and then took his son and uh, gave it to the— one of the Demon Lords lieutenant did this and then gave it to Bash Barza's dad, whose name is Grand Varza, I believe. And gave it to Grand Varza. And then he raised Dariel since Dariel was a little baby in the Demon Lord army. And that's how he, he didn't know that he was human. He was like, I don't know, I can't use magic. You know, I know only demons can use magic and I can't use it because I guess I'm just weird. But I'll do everything else, though. Like, never once did he think, like, maybe I'm not one. But then again, they're literally beyond the ability to use magic. And some of them have horns and shit, but they more or less look pretty human anyway. Close enough. Yeah, you know, it's just other than this massive glaring detail, there's no other way to tell. Listen, of all of the vices <laughs> of the demon army, racism's not one of them. Well, yeah, of all the vices. Yeah, some of them kind of hate humans a little bit, but know, <laughs> we accept all races. We're talking except about unemployment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except employment for the matters. humans. Um, but um, you can't control individuals. You end up finding out that um. You know, Daryl has the connection to both worlds, and when he when he became a human, he slow started to become an adventurer and shit. When he became a human. I'm sorry. When he when he get, when he got kicked out of the Diva Lord army and he became an adventurer, he started okay. gumming up against the um the demons and and just 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 such is the nature of the beast, you know what I mean? Because they essentially after the same thing. Y'all niggas kicked me out. It's not my <laughs> fault that everybody don't fuck with you. And he actually had the exact opposite response. He was still trying to maintain peace because he was like, man, they took care of me for 30 years, so I can't just turn my back on them like that. I still got to help out everybody. I mean, one nigga took care of you. The rest of these <laughs> niggas is really just kind of dirty ass niggas. No, I'm joking. Oh, so he was able to actually broker peace, but my favorite thing about this series is that when you find out about his connection with um with his dad and his adoptive brother and shit, you find out the reason why this nigga was hating was because essentially he felt like he was replaced by this other dude, and at no point did his dad ever like, oh man, oh, my 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 real son is kind of hating on my adoptive son for something. Like he never really like attempted to raise his son 
in that manner. I mean, he's a demon. Do you gotta raise demons? I'm sure. Yeah, of course. But, all but children the thing is, raised. but he he raised Dario though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's another thing humans that made him compassion to be raised. Demons don't need <laughs> shit. I throw your ass into a pit, nigga. Eat your way out. No, I'm joking. That's fucked up. <laughs> it is, right? But did, that, wouldn't um, that be what you would expect of a parent, uh, a demon parent? Would be like, I'm not gonna raise this thing. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna grow old and eat me alive. No, I'm joking. But, but um, um, he, because. Uh, 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 grew up seeing that disparity in how they were treated. That sort of bred, bred a huge resentment mm. in him. That sort of rightfully, I mean, I can understand why. Right, you know, what I mean, that's what I really appreciated about it because in the beginning, it just looked like he was just being your typical anime dickhead. Like, like, because like, in anime, especially in fantasy, a lot they like to do the the dickhead who's a hater because of status. Like, yeah, oh, I was, I'm a noble, and you're a fucking commoner. Yeah, yeah, so no, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. reason like, I don't why. Fuck with upstarts. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, so. Above you, so you just need to get in, get in line. Exactly. At first, that's what it seemed like, but then I really appreciate like the more in depth. Did they ever explain um, Grand Vars's preoccupation with the human child? Uh, a little bit. Um, more or less, he just sort of. Um, it's just the same that that parent shit. Like he just saw the baby, and like he just couldn't. Uh, I think I thought he might have been like on some prophecy shit. Like yo. <laughs> Child raised by demon in prophecy, yo, is gonna take over the nine hells, kill the other lords. If I raise, if I'm the demon that raises that child, then I could run this shit. I don't know. I figured it might be some shit like that, but nah, he was just he, he was just he smitten by the baby. Yeah, he was just smitten by the baby, and he was it. like, yo, I gotta raise this kid. And even when he introduced him to the other one, he was like, yo, this is your big brother, Dariel. He's gonna be supporting you from now on. But you know, Bash Barza wasn't sure. all Bash Barza saw was just like, oh, my dad left for. Ages to go fight a war. I couldn't go see him. And then when he comes back, he has essentially this kid who's saying that I'm I'm supposed to be his little brother. Like, I don't even know this nigga. I wanted to see you. Like, I wanted to chill and fuck with you. Like, who the fuck is this dude right here? So that's where, like, that's it's where... It's like when Ned Stark brought back Jon Snow. <laughs> Damn. They implanted that seed of hatred right jealousy, there in jealousy. that moment. Exactly. And because they're kids and they don't have, like, the the the, the tools to be able to express that, and deal with that, it, it, it festers and manifests it into something that causes problems later on. But other, I, I really appreciate that 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 little bit of depth in what is otherwise your pretty much standard, like, run-of-the-mill fantasy anime where mm-hmm. your main character is mysteriously very strong, he joins an adventurer's guild, he goes on adventures, and, you know, it ends at some point. Yeah. but That's dope. Yeah, I fuck with, you know, Daryl chilling in my 30s after being kicked out of the Demon Lord Army. It's only 12, 12 episodes, and I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not getting a season two, but I but definitely enjoyed season one for what it was. I like a little self-contained story. I do, I like, like a nice 12 episodes, and it, it, it ends at a pretty good place. And I still left, a, a, there's a lot of mysterious and meaty stuff in the background, too, if anyone actually wanted to watch it, so I didn't spoil it. It just everything. sucks for me, because the only way for that to really happen, gotta kill them niggas. <laughs> Gotta kill gotta all, be of sure. gotta, so all of them be niggas sure. I fuck with. They gotta die. Otherwise, I'm gonna be sitting here wondering. I'm gonna be making up fan fiction. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nigga. Uh, if blogs existed in my fan fiction days, no bro. Sto- oh my goodness. So many stories. Just head cannons blasting off. So you're saying we're going scorched earth, bro? But uh, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, that's what's up. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching Mando this week. Yes, yes. But all right. Mandalorian. 
Let's go ahead and let's jump on into some of these here topics. Some interesting stuff was going on this uh, this this uh, this here week. Um, hmm. So did you see after uh, all of the uh, major publishers pulled out of E3, it is now officially canceled again? Yeah, I'm pretty sure E3 is not coming back. This was supposed to be its triumphant return after its big long hiatus, and so um. Well, they ain't yeah. fucking with E3 where they're like, yo, we don't need you. We could just do our own shit. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is, is like, I, there's no partnership in these things. Everybody's just out to make a dollar. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, I get it, E3. And whoever's throwing the expo, you want this to be, a, a, a in some vague way, a money-making venture. But I don't think you're going to make a whole lot of money Especially not if your business model is to somehow charge the indie vendors, which is what I've been seeing is what's happening in things See? like in 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 Evo and stuff. Like the big acts draw in so much of it. So like Sony and Microsoft don't pay to go to those events or they pay nominal fees. And then the indies who want to set up their booths and all that stuff. That's and it the thing is is that it's it's not a huge expenditure for Microsoft to set up an E3 show because they have all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They own all of that equipment and stuff already. Whereas to charge so much to the indie developers and then they have to then go and invest in the ability to have a decent booth and or show, See, E3 isn't modeled right. You know? I, I figured it had to have been something like that because I'm like, yo, there's, I was like, yo, in in my head, the only way something like E three could have failed is if E three somehow abusing the 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 creators or Absolutely. the people going there 100%. because they the the other creators they literally do that at Comic Con they do that at D twenty three they do that Sony has their own thing like they do that very same thing all the other time with other people Dude, so there must be a reason why they they're not to willing do, to do it with all you. all they have to do is set up E three as a two part event where. It's not just industry because the thing is about um, E3 is the reason why it's hard to make money is because it's not really a consumer event. It's an industry event. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the attendees are invited. And so there's not a huge uh, uh, market to selling the tickets. What they can do is is they should have a a, a, uh, uh, a, um, consumer day and a vendor day. Or 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 several vendor days followed, and then have the last day be a day where they invite people in to come see uh, what the people are, and they can sell tickets that way because that is an inflatable cost. Uh, uh, um, that's an inflatable um, sale that they could jack up the price on because people who are willing to go to E three or interested typically ha- will spend a significant amount of money. Like you could. Sp- you could probably charge a significant amount of money for E3 tickets, given mm-hmm. that the amount of people who are going to go are are looking to spend that kind of money on something Yeah, like and, and, like, the level of people they get access to for going is worth the price. Like, you know what I mean? Um, man, it's crazy to me how some people, they run, have, just like... Poorly run. Yeah, like, you have such a great opportunity. You just squandered it like and that, I'm bro. Not That's to say your it's bad. Easy. I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not saying it's cheap. But I'm saying for the level of resources mm-hmm. and people that they have at hand, it blows my mind that they couldn't make that work. Facts. Unless they didn't want to make it work, Facts. which is another thing. It they is were absolutely it, within your power to have done that correctly. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, maybe it's something they didn't want to do anymore because of the amount of resources it takes, which is a shame, but understandable. 
And it, well, I, really I think big. that if and that's the case, planning. it's like pretty short sighted, man. Because there's like there's a ton to gain from being E3 and having Especially E3 done right. Especially because E3 is an international name. You feel me? There's so much opportunity you, there. Oh my! And that's the thing is that the scalability of events that are international are phenomenal. When you are not drawing upon solely the local mm-hmm. um, um, patronage for an event. Jeebus, man! It is. It's. It's the difference between being good and being great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Hell it's a yeah. substantial amount. And so for E three to squander what it had and its ability to have an international gathering centered around this industry sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially with the fact that E three used to be a hub for esports, mm-hmm. and it's like, come on, because I used to love the fact, like I'm. A more casual consumer of esports, you know, um, and so I like to see maybe a shooter, uh, an FPS tournament, a MOBA tournament, and an arena tournament. I want to see all three of those, but usually, if the big like Evo is going to be fighting games, it's yeah. going to be a whole bunch of fighting, you know what I mean? Or, or or another one might be strategy games, and it's not going to be as diverse as what you would get at like an Evo, which is an industry event. So it'll draw those kind of crowds. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that that was really good about BlizzCon mm-hmm. esport events that, because they had such a wide range. You know, but um, wah, wah. it's like you wah, knew wah. that there was a certain level of skill that was coming mm-hmm. because of the international market. Like you, you know, to, to just to be able to eligible for that, you know, that's it's just killers everywhere. Yep. And that would have been, yeah, that would have been a great opportunity. I don't know. But then again, maybe America's not even the destination anymore, man. Because maybe, maybe that's a, a, a an older conception that I had. Because there was a point when America was, for sure, an international destination for, for big-name video game events. Maybe that's not the case anymore. I don't know. Um, because I just can't imagine, like leaving that kind of, of value on the table with the E3 name. Yeah, some people be whack, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> Blockbuster couldn't imagine going out of business when Netflix came to them asking to help them out either, so. Yeah, just, God, these guys are so... And, you know, and, and, and that's why I hate when people, like, if you have like certain business standards and you want to do certain type of business, people are like, oh, you're hard to work with. Like, can you imagine trying to do business with these people and having very viable ideas <laughs> with reasonable Tangible future sites? No, this, this thing called the internet, it's gonna change the way we do things. And they're I like, don't nah, think your model's gonna su- nah. be sustainable. To I got this. To oh shit, man! To do it again, it's like samurais and guns, bro. I, I you know. That must have been a tough one for Samurais because they knew they weren't going to beat those guns. <laughs> they knew they weren't going to, especially you can't break those cuffs, sir. especially when they um, started using siege guns. Mm-hmm. Because don't yeah. forget, like that Japan was, was introduced to guns after Gatling guns were, were were made, and after Napoleon was like, "Hey, you could use these on people too." By the way, like there was there were you know before that was Napoleon's big revol uh, uh, um, uh, big uh, you know. Uh, con- contribution to to warfare was that he used you know siege weapons <laughs> on people. <laughs> he was like one of the first ones to use those big guns. But anyway, yeah, you gotta update your thinking, man. Gotta update your thinking. But um, yeah, trying to do business with people who who 
just are completely recalcitrant to all of the ideas that you bring to the table. Now, those people are hard to do business with. Mm-hmm. They don't hear shit. You know what I mean? But yeah. Wow, that was a tangent on a tangent. But yeah. <laughs> um, E3, man. Um, I'll, I'll miss E3 because I always enjoy events, the big spills that come after it. You know what I mean? Just the, the info dumps. You know, all of the footage. Like, that's usually worth a couple of days of, of entertainment for me. So, yeah, I'll miss that. But what are you going to do? Um, Moving on from that. Dude, you know, these video game companies, let me tell you, bro. The video game landscape is very dangerous these days. You got to watch out. So, um, are you familiar with Mischievous Studios? No, I am not. <clears throat> um, they they make games. Um, and a, a few of them have have had some controversy. Um, in the past before, but you could look them up. But they made this game that seemed, on the face of it, very interesting. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say very interesting, but it seemed like it would probably be entertaining. It's a it's a anime waifu game, where it's a anime waifu that you get to pick out that helps you do your taxes. Hmm, okay. Okay. Seems at first I was like, ah, oh, God, no, it helps you do your taxes. Like, okay, okay, so he's using his powers for good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's a it's an anime waifu who's trying to help you get to do something that is, I guess, socially responsible. And everything is all fine and dandy until you start playing the game, <laughs> and towards the end of the game, you know, they start asking you for real life information. Ah, <laughs> God! And they're like, here, let's fill out this tax form. <laughs> What's your social security? <laughs> What's your credit card number? And your wife gets a scammer. Now. It gets real dicey. Now, now Steam, you know, initially they didn't see this because this was later during the game, past where the review uh, uh, of it was, and so yeah. you know, it passed all of the the uh, of the metrics up <laughs> until that point. Sneaky, and so you know. I guess some people were like, dude, dude, no, no, no. What is going on here? You, This game is asking for this information. It's There's no, like, uh, disclaimer. There's no there's no uh, um, terms of service. There's no understanding of confidentiality or privacy agreement. Like, what's going on with this? So Steam immediately is like, whoa. They take they pull that shit immediately. Like, we're not going to be part and parcel to this shit. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> now, this is the thing. Is that technically, technically, no harm has been done. The problem is, is that the potential for harm mm-hmm. is epically high. You know, and that's funny because that's the first thing that popped into my head, and I was listening to um to another podcast talk about it, and that was like, that was like the first thing that everybody mentioned. And I was like, yeah, dude, like. How could that slip by? But it's like when you look at the history of the studio, it's like. Oh, they were just playing games. They just wanted to see how long they could get away with this. You know what I mean? I don't know how much they intended to do with it. I don't actually know if they intended the harm. It's just that you can't play these pranks that yep. have such high potential for harm. Yep. You've put yourself in a position now, you know what I mean, where you're in possession of a whole lot of private information that, sure, you haven't done anything with yet, why are we to trust you when you garnered that information without direct? You know what I mean? Even though Shit. they did directly ask you the game, it's just, it's just that they they had an anime waifu ask you rather than, you know, an, 
a, a faceless bot. I mean, and it was I, like, dude, don't do that. I don't do that. I can't speak for anybody else, but I, they can't get me to trust them ever. Ever. They see, lost I don't them. trust titties. Me, I don't never really give titties like, no money. See, that's especially why. Because you you especially went through the trouble of getting me to lower my guard before you attempted to stab me. And that means that you're the type of person that premeditates hurting people. That's what I'm me? saying. Like, So I can't I trust, trust you, you ever that. again. Nope. You feel me? Because that's the, for all I know, that could be your whole problem. That could, that could be your whole uh, uh, motive is to... Get me to chill and be like, all right, he's not gonna do it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always say, like, if if you get stung by the by the fucking scorpion while you're carrying him across the water, like, that's your bad. He told you he was gonna sting you before you started the journey. I don't know why it reminds me of that Family Guy episode where Stewie's at the uh, baseball game and he wants to catch the ball, but he has a a, a bat that Peter had gotten him. The kid <laughs> next to him catches the ball and he goes, "I'll trade you the bat for the ball." And the kid holds out his head with the ball and he hits him with the bat. And he goes, what have we learned? <laughs> like, I had the bat the whole time. What, you thought I was going to trade you the bat for the ball? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. Um, it, it, it The problem is, is that it's probably kids playing the game. You know, adults, through the process of maturity, have hopefully girded themselves against the use of sex as a way to get money from them. Unfortunately... In all likelihood, it's probably kids. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because it's like, yeah, this is actually something that you would want kids to engage with to learn these skills, Mm -hmm. but not to a degree where they would be inclined to go find this information to continue to play the game. Because, like, from what I understand is, like, you can't progress through the game. You can't fill out your tax return. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. Why can't I just put in fake information? What's going on here? That shit is intentional. That shit is super intentional. That shit ain't no accident. Or at least I'm unwilling to believe that wasn't that's an accident. I'm unwilling yeah. to believe that's not intentional. Because even if they weren't going to use the um, the private information, I believe they want to find out what the dark patterns are. Like, what can we get these stupid kids to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like that information in and of itself could be even more dangerous than the yeah. credit card information that they or the uh, yep. uh, the fucking metadata of how people behave in that situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's what got Ubisoft tanked. Because mm-hmm. Ubisoft was under investigation, I believe. I believe it was Ubisoft. Was it Ubisoft or Activision? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, it was Epic Game Store. I think it was Epic. But one of the big ones is um, under investigation right now for um, farming minor data for uh, information about dark habits, which is the patterns of behavior that lead them to um, purchase things maybe that they might not have meant to purchase. (laughs) Like, dark habits (laughs) is explicitly a degenerate consumer term. Like, it sucks. Like, when, when they're talking about dark habits in any kind of consumer um algorithm development they're they're farming the psychological things that you do to make mistakes you know what i mean this is not how you consciously make purchases this is how this is what tricks you're susceptible to to get you to purchase things which is why the epic game store doesn't have confirmation buttons (laughs) it's like oh you wanted that well it's yours like wait wait what so i wanted to look at it nope sorry no refunds sorry Yeah, yeah savages Utter savages, bro. This online fucking um environment is dangerous. So yeah, don't um don't play anime waifu collectors that ask for your tax information. It's probably not safe for your for your shit. Shit, don't ask. Don't put any of your tax information into any app. That's a trap. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, and you know what's funny is that uh, I I started doing my taxes myself a couple of years. Jeez, I wanted to say a couple of years back. It's been. 
almost 15 years now, but um, it's not as hard as it seems. It's really not. And and my the the trick I did to 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 confirm I was doing it right was that I would go to the, the H and R block and the first couple times is I would actually just like pay them to prepare the filing because you could pay them for the to prepare your taxes and you can pay them to file your taxes. You pay them for the preparation and then you just verify your numbers are right. Man, after I got it right three years in a row, I was like, I got this shit. It's really <laughs> not as hard as it looks. You know what I mean? Like, there's ways of, of getting your tax done with your taxes done without having to um go through internet or or paying somebody exorbitant amounts of money to file it for you. But um, nonetheless, yeah. Sorry, don't know how I got on that tangent, but um, yeah, man. Uh, do not um just be careful on 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 these games. At least the Steam platform tries their best to keep them safe and so if you encounter something you don't like and report it it'll likely get in, get taken down but um yeah be careful some of these games is wild they are very very wild you know and um you, yeah uh the unfortunate part is is that yeah they i think they target mostly kids because most adults i don't think are gonna fall for that they're like tax information fuck out of here <laughs> i don't even know my tax information goofy ass nigga <laughs> i don't know where i put that shit <laughs> but yeah uh, moving on from that, so uh, did you hear uh, Disney's latest move? Mm-mm. So Disney is moving to close Marvel Entertainment. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So, you know, Marvel Studios produces all the cinematic stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything else with the Marvel name comes out of Marvel Entertainment. Aha. Uh-huh. And um, I'm, I, I think that you've you've mentioned this guy before. Um, Ike. Uh, uh, Perlmutter. Ike, Ike Perlmutter. Yeah. So he's pretty much the pop, the Bobby Kotick. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. But I mean, he's Marvel. been not like a, a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's, so, he's a problem. Yeah, he's been big, big problems. And uh, he was beefing with Feige and mm-hmm. Bob Eichner. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. my nigga. Yo, the balls of this man. Mm-hmm. The balls of this man. So, yeah. um, Disney's pretty much had it. Um, At this point, they've... Uh, they have... Uh, said publicly that there was redundancies between Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment that were uh, stifling the growth of their IPs, that they have a vision in the future of consolidating their storylines so that they can bring the production of their movies and their, um, their other transmedia entertainment into a better schedule, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they would have been fine doing it with the structure that they had if um, Perlmutter wasn't a fuckball um, <laughs> and actively went out of his way to to um, monkey wrench a bunch of plans. Um, and it was something that was it was very obvious from the day that he tried to get um, Kevin Feige fired that he was not going to be amenable. When attempted to, which is probably why they had such difficulty with bringing their, their um, their uh, their IPs into into alignment. You know. Yeah, from my understanding, he was he was an obstruction in quite a bit of the um, the early process with uh, uh the early MCU until they kicked him out and Feige was the head head. Well, yeah, I mean, the worst part is is that. 
he was also responsible for helping them coordinate between the comic books mm. as promotional devices. And he would not. That's why the, <laughs> and that's why the comic books have gone completely in a different direction. And from the MCU, like the MCU and the comic books, I don't think will ever converge. I mean, and not for nothing, the comics were kind of cool. I liked the Krakoa era and all that stuff that was um, done while he was um, running Marvel Entertainment. But nonetheless, they can, cons- I mean, I, I can see the value in consolidating their universes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Uh, fuck that guy. He and 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 kudos on them for getting rid of the Bobby Kotick of their industry. Like that guy was, he's he was like one of the main offenders of the toxic CEO culture. You know, so uh, I'm glad that Disney is getting rid of one of them. I'm sure that they uh, have plenty of them within their employ. But uh, yeah, and they made it very public that he that getting rid of him was was an essential part of 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 moving forward. Um, which That's is very sad. odd because they rarely do that, you know. Yeah, they usually try to be as hush hush as possible. So yeah, it was it was clearly beef. But yeah, so I wonder what this means going forward for comics. If moving forward, the comics are gonna uh, start. The storylines that they have now are either going to die out or converge with what's going on in in other parts of their the, the transmedia empire, which will be interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure that they are going to fold a lot of their um, those uh, production houses into Marvel Studios. So instead of having Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios. It'll just be Marvel Studios run by Kevin Feige, and Kevin Feige will now have additional responsibilities of overseeing the integration of transmedia into the rest of the um, Marvel Studios properties. It's my assumption. You know, I can't see how else they would they would set that up. But yeah, um, do do you have any uh, I, uh, prognostication as to where, where that could lead them? Because Having the the comics and the 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 movies under one uh, roof, I d- does that benefit them? Do you think that they needed that? Uh no. I mean, it right. It feels it's like one it, of those things where it if you do it right, it can't not benefit. You know, it is an opportunity, and it's one of those things where it's it seems like a no brainer that they should have been doing this for ages anyway. That's what it's basically. James Gunn is what James Gunn said he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so there, I feel like that seems like the, the 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 strategy that makes the most sense anyway. You want them to weave in and out of each other and support each other as like a a big continuous thing. <clears throat> it seems like they needed what they needed was just somebody who at the head of Marvel Entertainment that wasn't a complete douchebag, but in the goal of rectifying that, they realized. It's it's if we're gonna do if we're gonna be making a move that big, we might as well just consolidate down the line. Or it may not even have been possible to do it without killing his position. What do you mean? Uh, Pearl Mutter's position, like it may not have been possible to remove him without getting rid of his, his position. Like, oh. they, getting rid of him was impossible, but they can't get rid of I his position. I think you're right because I think technically what he was is laid off. Yeah. I don't think he was fired. I think technically he was laid off, which means that his position didn't exist anymore. So you might be right on that. 
that the only way to get it was to make sure to to make that position go away altogether make it just absolutely obsolete and then at that point you have no choice but to consolidate and, and then, then you also have a good kind of cover but they said they, they weren't trying to cover shit up they was being <laughs> yeah they had to dissolve the studio because like even if they would have just got rid of that and then said that kevin feige is that they would have said all right then we're gonna have to demote you you know what i mean mm-hmm. there would have been any reason to lay him off altogether they were like no we need him gone mm-hmm we will dissolve this whole fucking studio to get rid of this thing. I'm like, yeah. all right. His contract is probably such that if 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 uh, Marvel Entertainment exists in anything, that he he was the leader of that shit. You know, I used to hear this um, the analogy that CEOs are parasites. It's like, man, that's pretty fucking extreme. But when you see shit like Perlmutter and 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 um and uh, uh Kotick and and Madoff. And, Madoff and and uh 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 Weinstein, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These CEOs are fucking parasites, dog. They really are. That's just crazy. And I mean, that's not even come from somebody who initially thought that that was a, a reasonable description. I was like, you know what? I don't know, man. Kind of seeing where they're coming from. These CEOs are just about the worst thing ever, and they get the most fucking money. Like it's totally parasitic. It'd be one thing if these guys are getting paid reasonable salaries and they're just normal people. But it's like, no, dude, you are the main beneficiaries. I don't think there's another individual who makes more money than the CEO in a company. Everything else is split up amongst people, whether it's employees or the board or blah, 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 blah. The, this individual. And they are the ones that I find are typically uh, uh, guilty of the worst malfeasance. It's crazy. How did CEOs become the parasites? I mean, you get to do that when you position yourself at the top of the totem pole. You get to write the rules. You don't deal with any of the trickle-down. You deal with all the problems before they become problems and find inventive solutions that only benefit you around them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fundamental problem, I think, with with the way Western philosophy promotes you know, people, because, like, it's this individualistic idea. Because as a, uh, a CEO, to, 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 to have that much resources be funneled into you and think that you have no responsibility to the company or anything else, such a, it's hyper-individualism. That shit's wild. Like, on an everyday basis, it, you are confronted with, the the plethora of people under you that that you don't see directly but you're in charge of you see numbers and statistics of every day and just to be completely disparate about that that's a rough one man that's a rough one i'm not that individualistic you know i couldn't do that but yeah they they got rid of they got rid of uh one of the worst ones man rest in shit uh pro mutter <laughs> Hopefully they don't get immediately go get another job. I mean, he doesn't need to. His golden parachute's probably astounding, you know. So there's he probably doesn't need one. But I'm sure he'll he'll jump onto another board or something else to go fuck up someone else's day. Mm-hmm. No reason not to, right? I mean, another studio will probably hire him. Ugh, ugh. Like I just can't understand why they would do that. Like I I wonder what these guys have. Like what hold these guys have to keep getting hired. Back and forth, all throughout. But I guess... I, oh, they know each other. Yeah, their peers don't think they're assholes. Their mm-hmm. peers think, 
Oh yeah, man, you just had a you had a rough one, bro. Yeah, they're successful businessmen. They're just doing business. <sighs> man, and I, I this this economy, man, I just can't imagine how much longer it can it can go with uh it, it could go along like that. You know what I mean? Like all of the resources are are gummed up in a class that are not willing to spend it on anything worthwhile for society. So we just have stagnant resources, chilling. But yeah, ah, moving on from that, hopefully it doesn't impact the comics too, or negatively. It's definitely going to impact the comics. I just hope it doesn't uh, impact it negatively. Uh, yeah, moving on from that, set up some of these here topics. Um, I mean, let's go ahead and we'll start with a, with a somber one, you know. Rest in peace to those young people in Nashville. Um, tragedy once again. R.I.P. You know, there's you know, there's an issue, you know, in this country. Um, when such targeted violence happens, but there's no, there's there, there's no manifest. There's no. Shooting in elementary school is purely an act of barbarism, you know what I mean? And so there's an issue when our society so heavily or, or, or so frequently creates people who feel that this is this is the way, you know? It's, it, it, it's a problem that needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed with more than just the crazy uh, rhetoric behind gun control, whether it's take all the guns off the streets or we need to arm more people to stop these people. You know, it's... It, it's it, the discussion has to move past just that, you know, just the, 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 the rhetorical politics behind that because there is an issue culturally in America that is prevalent through most communities that glorifies the idea of handling your grievances in society with violence and brutality, you know? And it, it's something that I think that it's not just the purview of one demographic. It's just that there are demographics that are more enabled to act on those kind of inclinations. And whatever it is, the discussion needs to revolve around dealing with creating social safety nets. And I'm not talking about, like, government programs. I'm talking about community social safety nets where even if you don't feel like you're part of a clique or a group, that you feel like you're still part of a greater community, that even as an individual, you still have some value. Because I believe that the you know lacking in that kind of connection is just one way of starting down that path of the kind of absurd thinking that leads to well, fuck it, let me go shoot up my former elementary school. You know? That's not something I don't think that 
somebody comes up with flippantly on a dime. It's something that's thought of over a long period of time, you know, and it takes a lot of of isolation and and ostracization for somebody for that for somebody to get to that place, you know. This youth was a, a transgender youth who was obviously very, you know, neglected by the community, you know? And, in, and that's not to say that it's the community's fault. But that is part of the goal of community is to catch those kind of situations to help keep our community safe from the inside. You know, it's bad enough that there are external threats to communities. You don't want those threats to come from the inside. And that was, you know, a, a young person who attacked a, a former institution of their own education. You know, it's there's a lot to un, uh, unpack there. You know, I'm sure that it's, it, there's a lot of, of, of deep scars and wounds that were created and have been created. You know, I just hope that in the healing process, a real discussion could be had about what is it that causes this kind of extreme behavior to become viable and then empowered, you know, all over this country. You know, because if we can't organize ourselves to head that off, then, you know, really what are, you know... <sighs> At some point, I, I, I wish more people would come to grips with what is the point of all of this governance that is set up if it isn't handling some of the more basic uh, uh, situations of public safety, you know, of distribution of, of goods, of, 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 hand, uh, of keeping our infrastructure up-to-date and workable. I mean, the trains are just rolling off the tracks at this point. More more derailment. You know what I mean? So what is the point? What is our government doing if at very least they can't get under control the proliferation of heavy weapons to mentally ill people? Because it's not as if... Because, you know, it's not like crack cocaine or something like that or 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 mollies that people are making in their bathtub. That's a lot harder to to deal with. These assault rifles are items that are made and tracked very 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 stringently. So and 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 from what I understand this 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 youth purchased these weapons or I'm sorry, I keep calling them a, a youth, um, I believe they were 18, but um, this person was able to purchase their guns legally. And so why, and, and this is someone who's had a history, I believe, of, of, of mental, mental health issues. So, you know, there's got to be some kind of accountability here. If they can't help the district, distribution of these manufactured items to people who are in distress. You know, there, it, there's, there's got, we, we got to square that circle somehow, you know, 
and and you know unfortunately this lot this gun lobby you know i get it i'm not even a proponent of removing all the guns out but if we don't do something about the the proliferation of assault rifles in this country you know it's only going to make the public space for our children more dangerous and the public space for our elderly more dangerous because they'd be shooting at supermarkets and stuff you know so at some point you know the gun lobby is going to keep on pushing you know i'm sure they they'll claim they're doing it because hey we just got to protect our clients but you're protecting your clients in an industry where god forbid the government and the population rules that your client is no longer um, protected by by uh, the deregulation of of their industry. That they've created a armed mob, so now they've put the government in a position to where they are at gunpoint. Also, if we regulate this shit and say that you can't have these automatic weapons that can kill massive amounts of people, and we come to regulate it, you're you're gonna shoot at us now. Is the threat? come on man like you know what i mean like they've created that situation and we have to be realistic with that and 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 unfortunately it looks like unless the the government goes door to door and and removes these weapons we're never going to see an end to the proliferation of all uh, of these heavy weapons in society you know because the gun makers have already made it very clear over the past many many decades that they are unwilling unwilling to monitor and regulate where their weapons go so you know this is a this is another avoidable tragedy tragedy that you know will create countless more victims you know and and i think the biggest victim of course is those children but after that you know we're a victim of our own inability to organize our governance to do its job, you know? Whether that's through years of lobbyists transforming our Congress into, or which is the legislative body, into a completely feckless institution, or whether it's, you know, apathy of the people, or probably a conflation of the two, but it's led to a situation that's kind of dire. You know, like, the, the gun situation in America is really bad. You know, like you you don't you don't see the frequency of gun violence anywhere else. And I mean, we're a big country. Don't get it twisted. I get it. Three hundred and seventy some odd million people. It's a big country. But you know, look at countries like India. You know, Australia. You know, there's countries in in Africa that that uh, look at Nigeria. And Nigeria has got some pretty bad violence, but. Not even they have the levels of interpersonal violence in the population. You know, they have, you know, militia violence, you know, but they don't have individuals that are just going up and shooting up schools at the level that they are in other countries. It's unheard of. In other countries, I mean the U.S. So I don't know. I hope there's a broader discussion. I hope that that the healing starts with the families of those children and, 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 and those teachers and 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 the janitor and it extends to 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 the rest of this country because you know at some point you know 
there's got to be a change in the zeitgeist. But yeah, let me stop rambling on and on about that. It's that it, it was terrible, man. Um, but yeah, the schools ain't safe, man. Schools ain't safe. Uh, moving on from that. Uh, so LA teachers just got off of a strike. Speaking of the schools, um, congrats to them. But see, that's that's my problem with the reporting, is that they reported it as the strike ended. But it's not with a contract uh, signing. It's with a tentative contract to present to the board, which is like, that was literally the position you were before you went on strike. All of the stuff that they say that that, that is drafted up and the school board said, sure, 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 we'll sign that. They didn't sign it, you know? And it's it, it, it's it sucks for the school teachers because I'm pretty sure that the school board... Because the, the school board has... There's no ramifications for them to gaslight them. There's no ramifications. They told them they weren't signing that contract before they went on strike. And so the, 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 the idea that all of a sudden they're going to sign that contract when they had the chance to sign it when they presented it to, presented it to them the second time, it's like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. You know, we gotta, we gotta, you gotta report this as what it is. The teachers went back to work with no contract signing and uh, an extension on the negotiation, which beholdens the the school board not one bit to actually come to the table and actually sign the contract, which, you know, and it's because the teachers weren't actually the the ones who were looking for um contract changes by the way the teachers were showing solidarity with the faculty and bus drivers who were asking for the contract update so that's why the teachers went back to work because technically they weren't even the ones waiting for the contract update they were showing solidarity with the faculty they have to work with and see every single day which kudos to them but in the end the the faculty strike actually didn't didn't get the signatory that it needed. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that in the end, the school board comes to the table in good faith because I'm, I I believe that's why the teachers, teachers decided to end their strike. But yeah, um, because Carolina, I, she was asking me about it and the reporting that I was hearing and what she was saying wasn't lining up. So I was like, all right, let me go look back into this because it seems like, you know, there's been some, discrepancies between the different outlets and, and how they're reporting it. And yeah, yeah. Well, the, the facts on the ground are that they just have a tentative uh, contract on the table still. So, you know, uh, I hope that, I hope that their, their strike effort didn't go on, um, unwarranted uh, because, if they don't sign that contract, they're not going to get paid for those strike days. And so, yeah, you hate to see it when people go out on a limb to show solidarity and then kind of falls through. But, you know, you should go into it prepared for that to happen, honestly. You know, you got to be prepared for that to happen when you're going into a contentious uh, negotiation environment. So, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully that'll resolve with with uh, a sig uh, a signature to that contract that that uh um kind of makes whole the the faculty and, and and bus drivers 
because you know they they are vital to the um schools conducting their business every day and so they deserve to have everything which you know they would it would be nice if those unions were were a little bit more homogenized but you know industry tends to, uh, industries like to do that you know um unions will fracture down to their their individual services but you know that that is what it is uh it was nice that the teachers did show the solidarity and hopefully that comes to fruition for them but yeah that was that was one um here let's go ahead and we'll wrap up on this one here we got uh france israel and germany right now are all crippled by strikes and massive protests and so this is gonna this is an interesting time for europe because even though you know israel is technically the middle east they um they rely heavily on their european connections um to 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 survive and for all three of those economies to to be in in upheaval right now it's pretty major because these are not just small industry strikes like what we have out here they have general strikes going on out there where like hundreds of thousands of people are hitting the streets you know in 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 Israel's case you know it's a much 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 smaller country so you don't have hundreds of thousands but in France you have like a major movement of people out there hitting the streets to um to protest Macron and his um forced raising of the retirement age you know and this is one thing about the leaders that is crazy. So in Israel, they're protesting the um, the uh, they're protesting Netanyahu trying to dissolve ju- the judiciary, and in Germany, I believe they're protesting um, uh, the war economy that's being established um, by the uh, by the parliament. And so, yeah, these are all big, major economic um, issues. Uh, in these countries and and yeah i'm interested to see because of how dispersed this is i we this is the prime time to see international worker solidarity because general strikes are where it's at because just like i was talking about um the la teacher strike and how you know the teachers can show solidarity with the bus drivers but really if they were one union it would force the school board you know what i mean to come to contract because right now the teachers are 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 just showing solidarity there's no general mandate for them to strike whereas if the case was that there was a mandate to strike you know there, there would be no option and that would force the the school board who needs the teachers i'm sure that they they think they need the teachers more than the faculty and bus drivers which i would say there's there's an argument to be made that it, there's a substantial um need for both but um they're more they would more like to to you know capitulate to the teachers and force the faculty and 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 bus drivers to take whatever they want because the the strength of the solidarity is on the teacher's side and not on the bus driver's side but you know that's that's one of those things that I talk about is like the solidarity has to grow like the union is good, now we need to use that to form like Voltron into the bigger, into the bigger, um, bigger um, 
uh, uh, Zord. You know what I mean? The the, the larger entity. But uh, yeah, so these general strikes going on abroad, super important. Because if you see those three countries um, link up, or at least the left, because these are all, you know, neoliberal, conservative uh, uh, governments. These are not like leftist, socialist governments. You know, they might be more progressive than, let's say, our government. But these are conservative, neoliberal um, governments at best. And so... If you see the uh, progressive workers um, uh, movements in these individual companies, countries coalesce and have solidarity and be able to put pressure on their individual go- uh, uh, governments with the backing of that international solidarity, I mean, steps, steps, you know what I mean? Like that, and that's big. That's a big step, you know. And so, yeah. I'm keeping my eye out on that, but yeah, to see all of these kind of movements going on, and there's, you know, if if the American labor force ever got into a general mindset and not just an industry mindset, and we joined into this, it'd be a wrap. Capitalism be on the back heels. But, you know, we have too many divisions in this country already, you know, like, that we have to deal with socially before we can even get to the level of consciousness where we can have a general strike, you know, but, you know, we'll go ahead, we'll, we'll wrap up on that, you know, keep our eyes open and, and, and our hopes high for that kind of, uh, that kind of movement in the future. But yeah, if you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on patreon.com or on anchor.fm. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Kari underscore T and at home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's home podcast and at Heron's homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us, and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.